coronavirus cases in Metro Manila surpassed 100,000, or more than half of the Philippines' total number of infections. Russian researchers stand by the safety and efficacy of the vaccine they developed against COVID-19. And former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden accepts the Democratic Party's presidential nomination. Good afternoon, and Ron Crow's Eight Line Philippines begins right now. Infections in Metro Manila soar past 100,000. That's more than half of the nationwide total. The Philippines confirmed 4,339 new COVID-19 cases Thursday. More than 2,500 of them were from the national capital region. The country now has more than 178,000 infections with 2,883 deaths and over 114,000 recoveries. Researchers from Russia's Gamaleya Institute stand by the safety and efficacy of the vaccine they developed against COVID-19. In an online briefing, the researchers explained the Sputnik V uses viruses that have been modified to ensure they do not pose any threat of infection. They said all trial participants developed virus-neutralizing antibodies after receiving the vaccine. Russia's regulatory approval before phase three trials was met with caution from scientists. The World Health Organization says it has begun discussions with Moscow to get more information on the vaccine. This concern that we have around safety and efficacy is, is not specifically for the Russian vaccine, it's for all of the vaccines that are under development. In terms of the information that we've received from, from Russia uh, on the vaccine over the past uh, 10 days, uh, several couple of weeks, We've entered into direct discussions with the, with the teams and uh, our pre-qualification colleagues have been sharing the various steps and information that's going to be required for WHO to take assessments. The Philippines is set to participate in phase three of the clinical trials for the Russian vaccine by October. Phase three clinical trials for a COVID-19 vaccine have begun in Peru. China's biotech group is carrying out the research with experts from some of Peru's leading universities. The chairman of the China National Pharmaceutical Group says conditions are already ripe for the third phase of an experiment. But he adds further cooperation with other nations are moving slowly. Liu Jingzhen says they are working to make the vaccine available worldwide. He assures the general public the vaccine will only be used after sufficient preparations. The Philippine Senate ratifies the country's second coronavirus relief package that sets aside 165 billion pesos for government's COVID-19 response. Senator Sunny Angara says the bicameral conference committee tried its best to accommodate all sentiments in finalizing the measure, especially in the contested 10 billion peso budget allocated for the pandemic hit tourism sector. Senators and congressmen were initially at loggerheads over how those funds would be used. Because the House felt that 10 billion was better spent for infrastructure. And I, I see where they're coming from because uh, I was a congressman for nine years. You know, when you're a congressman, you view the world through your, the lens of your district yeah. and uh, whatever you can deliver to your district. There was a debate uh, with uh, the, the Department of Tourism 
uh, where uh, Secretary Romulo Puyat preferred that the, the, the funds go directly to the stakeholders. The hotels and restaurants and established tourism establishments were really dead for about the maybe four months of the year. So I think survival is the more crucial issue she felt more than infrastructure. In the end, um, we had to do a bit of everything because that's the nature of a bicameral conference. You have to do a little bit of give and take. Over at the House of Representatives, at least one lawmaker believes the Philippine government should begin discussions on a possible third coronavirus package. Marikina Representative Stella Kimbo says, though the 165 billion peso Bayanian 2 fund can bring a much-needed relief to the public and to various sectors, it's not enough to simulate the Philippine economy. The Philippines officially plunged into recession after suffering its sharpest economic contraction in the second quarter because of the pandemic. The pandemic has caused a substantial amount of economic damage. My estimate of that is about 2.4 trillion pesos. So if you think about the 165 billion pesos, that's really small. Uh, it's, it's, it's just too small to avert a possible 2.4 trillion peso economic loss. So in that sense, it is small, but of course, um, any amount at this point in time is, is very welcome, um, especially now that we had just um, lifted the MECQ in uh, NTR and uh, nearby provinces. So certainly any form of assistance um, would, would be welcome. So that's where we are at this point. Uh, we're done with Bayanihan 2. Um, personally, I feel like we have to start thinking about uh, Bayanihan 3. The Philippine Foreign Affairs Department launches another diplomatic protest against China. The DFA says the Chinese Coast Guard illegally confiscated Filipino fishermen's equipment in Bajo de Masinloc last May. It also objects to China's continuing challenges to Philippine aircraft conducting legitimate regular patrols in the West Philippine Sea. Last April, Manila also filed diplomatic protests against Beijing for declaring parts of the Philippine territory as part of Hainan province. A Chinese warship had also pointed its radar gun at a Philippine Navy ship. The Philippines said these developments violated its sovereignty and international law. Back in 2016, Manila won an arbitration award rejecting China's sweeping claims over the South China Sea. Beijing has refused to recognize that landmark ruling. Now, Manila Mayor Francisco Moreno shuts down at least three shops in Binondo selling a hair care product that called Manila a province of China. Moreno has also asked the Bureau of Immigration to deport Chinese national Xi Zhongqing and Xi Li Li, who own the beauty product firm. The Manila Health Department and the Food and Drug Administration will inspect other establishments in the coming days. Philippine party list lawmaker Jericho Nograles had posted pictures of that product, calling it an insult and a repulsive offensive or repulsive offense. He added both the manufacturer and importer should be blacklisted. But Malacanang brushed off the issue. The latest now on the upcoming U.S. election. Over 30 years since his first White House bid flamed out, former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden accepts the Democratic presidential nomination. Biden framed himself as someone who can help heal a nation that's been deeply divided by Donald Trump's presidency. He says it's time to set partisan politics aside, pointing out just how life-changing the November election is for the American people. Here and now, I give you my word. 
If you entrust me with the presidency, I will draw on the best of us, not the worst. I'll be an ally of the light, not the darkness. It's time for us, for we the people, to come together. And make no mistake, united we can and will overcome this season of darkness in America. We'll choose hope over fear, facts over fiction, fairness over privilege. I'm a proud Democrat, and I'll be proud to carry the banner of our party into the general election. So the question for us is simple. Are we ready? I believe we are. We must be. You know, all elections are important. We know in our bones this one is more consequential. And the choice could not be more clear. No rhetoric is needed. Just judge this president on the facts. Biden's former rivals from the once-crowded Democratic presidential field also came together in a show of unity for the party's candidate. The two people running for president couldn't be more different. One believes in facts, one does not. One listens to experts, the other thinks he knows everything. Donald says we should vote for him because the economy was great before the virus. Huh? Biden and Obama created more jobs over their last three years than the Trump administration did over their first three. So when Trump says he wants to make America great again, He's making a pretty good case for Joe Biden. As Democrats wrap up their national convention, U.S. President Donald Trump took his campaign to Pennsylvania. There, Trump again praised his administration's economic policies, painting Joe Biden as the wrong choice to lead the U.S. in its recovery after the pandemic. They will let you down. First of all, the country will be let down because the country, you will see a crash like you've never seen before. And as good as those stock market numbers are, there's a headwind. The headwind is that if he won, the market's going to crash. For the last four years, we've been reversing Biden's betrayals and delivering historic wins for the people of Pennsylvania. Your state lost over 50,000 manufacturing jobs when Biden was vice president. In my first three years, Pennsylvania gained 14,000 jobs manufacturing and going up at a level that nobody's ever seen before. Despite Trump's pronouncements, data show U.S. unemployment is at a historic high and more Americans are getting laid off week by week. The U.S. Federal Reserve also warned the state of the American economy remains fragile and the path to recovery depends on how it will handle the pandemic. Joe Biden's presidential run has forged a unified Democratic Party. That's according to KRA founder and Southeast Asian political commentator and analyst Karim Raslan, who says human rights, the environment and labor are expected to figure highly in the Democratic campaign. He adds China would figure highly among concerns of a Biden-led America. The Democrat Party, which by nature is very... Um, unruly and difficult to bring together has actually consolidated. This is an unprecedented unified front, which was not the case with Mrs. Clinton back in 2016. A very aggressive PRC, People's Republic of China, and in the event of a Biden victory, 
a much more resolute U.S. presence, as I said, rules-based, mm -hmm. trying to regain some of the credibility that, well, there's a lot of credibility that's been lost under Trump. Ruslan also believes legal action against Philippine officials over alleged extrajudicial killings is not far-fetched if Kamala Harris wins as U.S. vice president. Will the Americans be wanting to push um, and encourage uh, suits at the ICJ against uh, Philippine government, against Philippine senior leaders? I don't know, but this cannot be ruled out. Don't forget, Kamala Harris is a former attorney general, and she's made it clear with Trump, I'm coming after you. I suspect that they will use the same approach on those who are a bit recalcitrant with them. In sports, Hall of Fame boxer Oscar De La Hoya is stepping back into the ring. The golden boy, who has been retired for more than a decade, confirmed his comeback in an article in BoxingScene.com. He said he would start training soon and he's willing to take on the top fighters in the middleweight division. De La Hoya retired in 2008 after losing to Filipino boxing champ Manny Pacquiao. He cited his love for boxing and missing the sport as reasons for his comeback. This comes months after another legend, Mike Tyson, announced he would be fighting against this year, or fighting again this year. Tyson will face former champion Roy, jo Roy Jones Jr. in an exhibition match. A robotics company in Japan takes face masks to a whole dif different level by creating one that can translate speech. The C-Face mask can transcribe what a user says onto a smartphone and translate it into multiple languages. The smartphone can connect up to 10 meters away to make sure social distancing measures are observed among people communicating physically. The price of the face mask is about 40 US dollars or almost 2,000 pesos. A Danish design student is capturing attention for her own invention, a self-cleaning face mask. Sarah Lee Krog's face mask has metal oxide and UV light woven into its fabric. The virus is deactivated from the face mask once it is connected to a power supply. Krog hopes her face mask will help people avoid pollution. Unless her self-cleaning designs are approved, Danish health authorities say face masks have to be changed often or as soon as they become dirty. Before we go, ABS-CBN will expand the distribution of its shows overseas as part of its digital transformation. 14 shows will be broadcast in Africa, including the long-running primetime series Ang Provinciano and popular soap operas Kadenang Ginto and The Killer Bride. Dahil may isang ikaw will run in the South American country of Ecuador this month, while a remake of Love Thy Woman is underway in Indonesia. So far, ABS-CBN Productions has reached about 50 territories around the world. ABS-CBN made its digital pivot after the National Telecommunications Commission ordered it to go off-air on free TV last May. ABS-CBN is a parent company of this news channel.
And that's today's edition of Dateline Philippines. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ron Cruz. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. You can also listen to podcasts of ANC shows. Just search hashtag ANC podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. Now for feedback, email us at ancfeedback at abs-cbn.com. Stay with the news channel.